For this Easter Sunday, our Old Testament reading is from the 31st chapter of the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord reminds the people that even though they have experienced loss and sin, that he still loves them and he is still going to save them and that they should celebrate their salvation. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the clans of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness when Israel sought for rest. The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Again, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. For there shall be a day when watchmen will call in the hill country of Ephraim, Arise, and let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us read responsibly an excerpt from Psalm 118. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. For our epistle reading today, we hear from the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians. Paul reminds us that we are connected with the resurrection of Christ, and since we are connected with his resurrection, we keep our hope and our minds not on what this world can provide for us, but what our God has provided for us into life everlasting. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is John's account of the resurrection of Christ. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the, tomb, the stone had been rolled, had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. The, the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabona, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ as we see it through the eyes of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene had a life that was quite difficult. From what scripture tells us, at one point in her life she was possessed by seven demons. This is a, a terrible reality that she had to face. It sounds like 
something that Hollywood would turn into a horror movie or an author would spin into a tale of terror. Well, the difference is this actually happened. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being powerless in your own body to control what you do? To have an evil, malevolent force decide how you act and how you speak? How hopeless would that situation be? Practically, your identity as a human is stripped away from you because you are no longer you. And living with that reality of how those demons had dehumanized her and turned her into a terror for others. And in the midst of it, one day, a man named Jesus came to her and exorcised those seven demons, cast them away. You can imagine perhaps the terror she felt upon the, the, when the seven demons took over her. How grateful would she be when this man came and removed them from her, cast them out and away from her, returned to her her humanity, returned to her her identity, and took her from being a woman possessed into a woman saved, a woman cleansed, a woman renewed. A gift so powerful, so gracious, that she followed this man all the way till his death as he died on the cross. Imagine again how she saw as this wonderful man who had freed her from such misery that hung on the cross beaten and bloodied and suffering. He was dying a horrific, bloody death. So after he was taken down from the cross and brought to a tomb, she followed some more. She came to the tomb out of sorrow and gratitude. Sorrow at the loss of this man who had done such great things for her. And gratitude that he had given her back her life and created a new one given her an identity that was no longer the way she was, but now a future of life forever. And this is where the gospel lesson for the day picks up. It says, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stopped, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Ramona, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, 
I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. Did you notice at what point in this encounter did Mary Magdalene recognize the person of Jesus, this man who she had heard teaching the truths of God, this man who she witnessed perform miracles, this man who she herself had been healed by? How did she recognize him but when he spoke her name, Mary? And then her eyes were open, and she knew exactly who he was. At our baptisms, the Lord speaks your name too. In our baptism, we are called by name as a member of God's family. Your name is spoken, and then you are told you are baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Your name and God's name right next to each other. He calls you by name. He baptizes you in His name. And He adds your name to His family tree. He writes your name down in the book of life. That is our identity. Just like with Mary, she knew who the Lord was because the Lord knew her. We know the Lord because the Lord knows us. He knows who we are. He knows us by name. And he claims us as his own. We can never find him by ourselves, but he must come to us. And he does so in our baptism. He comes to us, calls us by name, forgives our sins, and adopts us into his family. Identity is a slippery thing these days, isn't it? We live in a world of great confusion, of disarray, of despair, and disorder. We live in one of the most prosperous countries in the entire world, perhaps the world has ever seen. But every time they come out with surveys that talk about depression, happiness, and satisfaction, we see that as a people we are becoming increasingly unhappy, further dissatisfied, and utterly depressed. Why is this? Because we've lost our identity. Because we have lost our foundation, our meaning. And once we lose those things, we seek them in other ways, other destructive ways. So we tend to think, well, maybe God didn't make us. Maybe we're all just cosmic accidents. Maybe there is no enduring truth. Maybe we should just make it for ourselves. And so then we seek our foundation and our identity in drunkenness or lust or viciousness or anything else that somehow we feel might fill that gap. But just like with Mary, when the Lord speaks her name, the Lord speaks your name too. And in that, we see who we are. We see our identity. We see our foundation is not in our sin. That does not define who we are. We are not defined by the pain and suffering of this world. We are not defined by the things that have gone wrong. But we are defined by our Lord, who loves us so desperately much 
that he uses his own son as currency to purchase and adopt us and win us over from sin, death, and the devil. And the way that our God promises that this adoption is permanent is by showing us that not even death itself can stand between us and him. Even after he has died, Christ rises from the tomb with a promise that that is what is in store for you as well. Christ, was Christ is risen and so will we be. Death can't even lay a finger on you, can't lay a claim on you, even though our hearts may stop, our lungs may cease, we will someday rise from our tombs. Christ knows you personally. Christ knows you by name, just as he knew Mary. Christ, who is the good shepherd, knows each of his sheep by name and calls to them, and he calls to you as well. Not to find your own identity, not to find your own foundation, but to find out who you are in God. That you are his forgiven children, that you are defined by him and his love for you. Not in your mistakes, not in your failures, not in your sins but in your God who calls you by name, who adopts you in baptism, who feeds you with his own body and blood in the altar. We have a new identity, a new life, and we are new people in him now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding and all guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.